Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight June Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the second part of the uh, chart from um, 4th of May, 1978. The chart itself was actually issued on the 30th of April, 1978. Fact fans, pedants, but we we were chosen with the the random selected date, so we have to just input that. Um, Not that anyone's been in touch and gone, hang on, I think you'll find actually... But But you wouldn't put anything past some of these cans. wouldn't, would you? Fucking hell, Jesus Christ. Um, So we're on that chart. Uh, one of the ones, one of the songs on it that I wanted to look at was um, Brian and Michael, who are at number three this week, down from number two, with Matchstock Men and Matchstock Cats and Dogs, which had spent three weeks at number one. Um, and it was just slowly creeping down the chart again. Uh, this, of course, is a song about um, Alice Lowry, the painter. Mm. Um, he'd only died two years previously. I always imagined Lowry to be a painter of kind of the 1930s or something like that. I don't know when he was yeah. in his pomp, but he'd only died in 1976. But um, great Can song. Can I tell you something? I've only just realised that this song is called Matchstalk Men. Obviously, I'm very familiar with the song, but I always thought it was Matchstick Men. Mm. I don't even know what a matchstalk is. A matchstick is a matchstick. Yeah, it's just another word for a matchstick. Did they is not it? sing? Did they not sing matchstick men in the in the That's song what I thought, itself? Yeah. I'm gonna have to have a little listen he to it. Been in matchstick, matchstick men and matchstick cats and dogs. Hang on a minute. Let's get get the YouTube up. I should have done this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. It's matchstalk and matchstalk, yeah. It's matchstalk. All this time, all this time, I just, uh, because I've never heard the term matchstalk, so I'd Mm. only ever fucking thought of it as matchstick. And my mind is blown by that. Mind you, my mind's sort of blown by this. It is, I like this song, but. Like, where did it come from? Why did it exist? Like, what's the context? It's so weird. Well, I'm looking at it now on Wikipedia. We can have a bit of a dive into it. But first of all, I'm looking at I'm on the Brian and Michael Wikipedia page, and it says members of Brian and Michael are Michael Coleman, 
and Kevin Parrott. <laughs> now, to me... That, <laughs> Fucking love that it. Does, that doesn't sound right. Uh, that's, that's Michael and Kevin, or Kevin and Michael, if you like. We but should then it call says this... past members, Brian Burke. So whether there'd been a rift between Brian and Michael, Should we call Michael, this podcast the Sam and Terry podcast with Sam Delaney and Andy Dawson? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. There's all kinds of fucking band members joining and leaving. I can't even figure that it's out. It's a great name for a band, Brian people. and Michael, to be fair. Brian and, Brian and Michael. So, uh, the song itself... Let's have a look, see what it says on Wikipedia. This podcast is now just us reading things off Wikipedia. It was a tribute to Lowry, who died two years previously. Um, they drew on their memories of Salford and Ancourts, as well as the paintings of Lowry. St. Winifred's School Choir appeared on the record who of course they got involved then, in fucking everything didn't then, they it's a wonder they got in any the fucking 70s. schooling done do you know what I mean they were they in were the fucking studio on top most of the, the times on top of the every pops, second yeah. week they were on fucking top Jesus of the pops Jesus Christ taking the piss aren't they so they were on what was their other one they had two hit singles didn't they Did, was it was it one of the Christmas hits there's no one quite like grandma they had a hit with that in 1980 St. Winifred's School Choir appeared on two number one singles. I did not know this. Fucking that's, hell. That's more than, like, I don't know, fucking the Thompson Twins. Yeah, loads of, <laughs> loads of fucking groups of that's the level just, of the Thompson Twins. That's just one band that I thought of who, who, ne- who I don't think had two number ones. I don't think the Thompson Twins had any number ones. Rightly so, they're shit. Now, hang on. Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins is a brilliant song. Hold me now. Whoa, yeah, that's good. Warm yeah. my heart. Yeah, that's a great yeah, song. Yeah, right, fair enough. Stay Where were we? Me. So uh, the St. Winifred School Choir were on that record. Um, is there anything else that we need to know about? It's fucking not a lot, really. I mean, how did, had Brian and Michael had hits before? To me, this just feels incongruous. Good song. But for 1978, when you've got the Bee Gees at number one and Boney M at number two, right? And obviously, punk is still a thing. Yeah. And there's all this music. And then this this feels, and it sounds like rude, it's probably the wrong word, but it feels like a bit of a novelty song, and I don't understand well, it, it. A novelty song about is. a painter. It kind of is. And you, you, you got a lot of songs like that that would get in the charts one-off hits of the kind of novelty songs. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think it was probably down to Terry Wogan. Right. Terry Wogan on The Breakfast Show on, on Radio 2, which will have been pulling in about 9 million listeners every morning. Yeah. And if Terry yeah. got onto a song like that and played it repeatedly, you've got a guaranteed hit, haven't you? I can't imagine Radio 1 playing that, you know what I mean, on the British no, show exactly. or whatever. It's not a Radio 1 type of thing, but probably would have been Noel power, Edmonds, wouldn't it? Wogan's power mm. was immense. And um, I imagine that's probably one, like, I mean, Wogan had a hit yeah, himself it feels like It's time. the sort of thing that definitely would have amused Terry Wogan. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you know what I think's a shame? I might be wrong about this, but I feel that it's a shame that nowadays you get to see a lot of archive the BBC are fantastic and if you follow the BBC archive on Twitter or Facebook you get so much brilliant content that they stick up mm. just randomly picked stuff from from the olden days but I always I've never and as far as I know they don't have that of radio 
if there was something where you could just dip in and, like, let's say, listen to, like, just a random episode of Terry Wogan at breakfast in 1978, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Of course it would. Of course it Maybe would. Maybe you can, I don't that. know. I'm but I just think it's such an interesting, like, you know, sort of slice of history. And not just Radio 2, like, you know, the Radio 1 breakfast show at some yeah. any given time. I, like, I would love to just fucking start listening just around, like, a whole episode. Today I'm going to listen to, like, Radio 1 breakfast from, like, 19, from my birth, yeah. my 11th birthday in 1986. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, there's, there's some stuff on YouTube. There's one there of Wargan and Jimmy Young, early 1978, it says. Right. So there's 13 minutes of. But I wonder whether the BBC have archived and digitised their their radio shows from, or whether they just fucking. No, the thing is, once it go, once it's older than five years, we set fire to the tapes <laughs> to make big, space. We've got an, an, an incinerator out the back, and the thing is, it just, just runs all the time. Because every day there's a new piece of tape to burn from exactly eight years ago, and we just get rid. Because <laughs> who cares? You know We've I mean? got a janitor. We've got a janitor, and he's got a shovel, and he shovels it in, and he watches it burn. He, he does like to cackle while he watches it melt, but we have to create space that we're overrun with old tapes. He never listens to radio himself. He says he hates it, and that's why he never listens because he's always manning the, the perfect incinerator. Perfect job for him. Yeah, perfect job he, for him burning radio shows. He thrives on it. Yeah, there's some uh, Radio 2 stuff there for Wogan, but uh, not a lot. I don't know. Yeah, if any tips they've got, surely they should fucking digitise everything. Oh, there's a one, Terry Wogan and David Hamilton, 1979. That's just two minutes of footage. But there's a YouTube called uh, YouTuber called Retro Radio UK who seems to upload loads of old stuff. And mm. old jingles. Oh, they've got old jingles as well. And also there was like, you know, I've always heard, you know, proper radio anoraks will talk about certain shows with great reverence. Like, to be honest, Noel Edmonds in the 70s did it, was extremely innovative. Although, like, he's not around, but the the sort of radio items and features that he did, you know. And then, of course, you've got classic Steve Wright from the 80s, but also, like, the one that they all love is Kenny Everett. But I never listened to Kenny Everett on the radio. I mean, he did various stations and was sacked yeah. by all of them. But most sort of real radio heads yeah. will go, yeah, that was the he most was the creative show that influenced me. Yeah, I mean... He, yeah, and I've never heard of, any of it. I've never heard any of that. He would do lots of kind of, like, uh, pre-recorded stuff and cut tapes off and things like that, and he'd... Yeah. Um I'm just looking to see if there's any... Yeah, there's a 1973... Uh, Kenny Everett was f- fucking mental, wasn't it? Kenny Everett Radio Show, Radio 1. There's another one, Pirate Radio Archive YouTuber. I'm sure this is uh, very interesting to about seven of the listeners. I'm sure, there's, about this. But I'm sure there'll be list, people listening to this who are real, like, radio anoraks and might point us in the right direction. Because yeah. I, I, you know, I really love radio, and I'd love to hear some of that legendary stuff. But you can watch any anything that you hear someone talking about from an era before you were born, right? And they mm. go TV or music, right, or film. They go, "This was very influential on me. I love this." And they'll they'll talk about a film or a book or some music or a TV show. And nowadays we can see all of it within seconds. You can Google and find it, right? Mm. But radio, you don't have that. And in many ways, it's like an it's a really 
it's sort of a more pertinent reflection of, of the times. Live yeah. radio, you know, culturally, you get a real fucking vivid sense of, of what the sort of atmosphere was culturally yeah. at any given time. If you listen to something like radio, but I mean, even fucking radio, or even a Today programme on big news days, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it would be yeah. good. When I did my my um my last book, the one about elections, Mad Men and Bad Men, you know, I was like, I'd be at the library getting newspapers from like the morning after because they were all about elections. So I'd get like the morning after the election result. I'd get all the different papers to sort of. It was fascinating to just look at what the reaction at the time was to say yeah. that you're winning the election in '79 or whatever. But it'd be even more interesting if I was able to do that with radio and listen to things unfold as they unfolded, you know? I know that the BBC Parliament channel, I'm sure the entire election broadcasts from from previous years, they sometimes do it on bank holidays, bank holiday Mondays, they'll show election 79 and they just run it. They run it from kind of 10pm when the polls closed right through. Obviously it used to be right through until fucking 3pm the following day and they show the whole thing. Yeah. And that's always Dimbleby. a nice little No, uh, Sir Robin Day. Yeah. They might be on iPlayer as well, actually. I'm not sure. But yeah, Wogan will have had a massive influence on novelty hits. like Because Wogan himself had a hit with the floral dance, which was done by oh, did, the Brickhouse and Rastrick band, who, who got the number two, I think, with the instrumental version. And then Wogan did his own version of it with some vocals on top. And Wogan was on top of the pop singing that with a glint in his eye and his tongue in his cheek. I suppose if there's one word that describes the oeuvre of Terry Wogan and certainly the sort of thing that, you know, really turns what Terry on. I don't mean sexually. I, I've no idea what turned him on sexually. I, I, but I imagine him and Mrs. Wogan had a very healthy life bedroom. I'd imagine life, so, but, yeah. But, it probably went like um, a steam train. The, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Terry wants some love. Terry wants love. I'm, I'm putting on for, my sex wig. Who, who's in the mood for a good pumping? Mrs. Wogan, that's who. Come on now. Up the stairs. <laughs> get up there. Come on, get up there. I'm putting on my smack sex wig. Her, smack at her ass as she goes up the stairs first. <laughs> he um no, but what he loved was whimsy and what he was was whimsical and yeah. what this song Match Stalkman and Match Stick Cats and Dogs is is extremely whimsical yeah. so I think you're I think Andy Dawson cultural detective your work uh, your detective work is it it, it, it checks out to me it's very whimsical it's Thank got you. Wogan written all over it <laughs> cultural detective work approved step step <laughs> <laughs> thank you I hope to add more mm. cultural detective work to this episode as and when it arises yeah let's do some more but, now <laughs> but hang on fucking hell not only did they do um, Match Dot Men and got the St Winifred School Choir involved do you remember that song It's Horrible Being In Love When You're Eight and a Half which was by yeah, Claire and it, Friends it ring, their fucking poor prints were all over that as well they, they wrote and produced for that. Brian and Michael. Yeah, there's some winning friends for... Oh, Brian and Michael, yeah. yeah. Brian and Michael, well, I reckon that they had some sort of relationship with Terry Wogan. And they were yeah. like, it's a fucking... Terry, it's a blinding system. We knock up the whimsical tune. You play it on your fucking station. <laughs> we send the tape in, yeah. 
We said the table. We, we fucking split the profits, you con. Let's just say there's a drink in it for you, Terry. <laughs> Terry, it's it's fucking perfect. Your fingerprints will be nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah, it's t- it's almost too easy, tell boy. Okay, Morgan's but never call influence. this number. Never call me at work again. If you want to <laughs> yeah. talk to me about it, meet me in the usual place and bring the tapes. <laughs> Send me a letter one week in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Using the recognised whimsy. <laughs> Project whimsy. <laughs> but Wogan's cultural influence was huge. He had the Radio mm. 2 breakfast show, which, as I say, would have had about 9 million viewer, listeners, rather. He had his fucking three nights a week chat show on BBC One. Mm. But that came which, a lot later, didn't it? That came. That, that was, sort of was mid-80s, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think he, he uh, kind of dovetailed. No, he left Do you know Radio what he 2. had to do? Do you know what he had to do? He quit. When he got the TV show, he quit, he quit the radio, radio show. Yeah. And, they, and they let someone like, I think, Johnny, was it Johnny Walker or... Jimmy Young or someone like that took over, uh, and then and then he basically he did the TV show for pretty much the whole the the, the you know throughout the eighties or I think it started yeah. in about eighty five didn't it, and then when he stopped he was so popular that mm-hmm. the radio that BBC, that Radio Two just gave him the breakfast show straight back again. Jalapeno. Jalapeno. Fucking hell! Listen to this. This is one I've forgotten about. Right, he le- he left in eighty four. Which I think was just after he did started doing the chat show on yeah. BBC One. Took over uh, Ken Bruce, who of course is still right. in the mid morning slot now. Yeah, pop master, which I like to play along to sometimes. Um, yeah. And then Ken Bruce only did it for a year, and then for the next five years, can you guess who did it? Radio Two Breakfast Show, massive listenership. Not Parky. You'll never guess. This Go on, has then. just been fucking wiped from history. Derek Jameson. Derek Jameson yeah. did the Radio 2 breakfast show yeah. from what, like 87 to Fucking 90? 1986 to 1991. Do they read us? They surely do. What? Derek Jameson. How could that I mean, have fucking sustained no, itself no for offense, more than three months? No offence to the estate of Derek Jameson, but in many ways he was like the prototype John Pigface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was just ultimate, like, not quite Kelvin McKenzie, but he was sort of, he was the a tabloid Fleet Street legend. Yeah. With, he, with, with, a, with a voice that was not appropriate, you could argue, for any broadcasting platform, let alone Auntie Beeb's, <laughs> Auntie Beeb's flagship Middle England show. Yeah. BBC Radio 2, you want a nice Irish lilt in the morning. Yeah. You don't want someone who sounds like he's working at Billingsgate Market and has got a load of adults to shift that's about to go on the turn. Morning, cunts! <laughs> the boy here! It's me, Derek Pigface. <laughs> Fuck me. That's weird, I, isn't it? I don't remember that at all. And then Brian Hayes got it. Who Who's I think that? had been Brian Hears he'd been working on uh he did uh was he on LBC? He was he was one of these fellas who did talking where viewers call in. He was one of the pioneers of that. Right. And he did it for a year and then Wogan came back. Obviously it had gone right down the dumper gradually from uh eighty four yeah. 
to 93 and Wogan just so they had to call him back enough of this nonsense let's get Tellboy let's get Tellboy back on the airwaves again right Terry, some wrongs you're back fucking hell and Wogan was back for another 17 years until he quit in 2009 and then he, he fell into the hands of Chris Evans after that yeah but, but Chris um, Evans did really well on it he did really well yeah you can't, yeah. he's perfect for it, really. I mean, Chris Evans, people love him on the radio. Yeah, but I mean, that's people for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still reeling from this Derek Jameson thing. Anyway, that is Brian and Michael and all of the strands that have spun out from Brian and Michael at number three in this chart. It's actually quite so interesting. Let's not forget. All of that stuff. It was a stuff. very interesting part of the episode where you. It's more pertinent than the stuff we usually discuss work. on these tune machine ones. Yeah, well, you know, um, we just go off at fucking tangents, don't we? That's what happens. Well, I mean, yesterday's hero episode earlier in the week where we, mm. we covered another 10 seconds of the film after vowing to try and get through it as quickly as possible. We're sorry. Well, Counter wrote an, uh, 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 what I consider to be a wonderful tes- testament. Is that it? Testimony. In mm. which they said. Just as I was thinking that they were running out of steam and that this was becoming a bit too one note, you know, the the um, yesterday's hero, he went, suddenly they went off on a tangent and came up with the idea of introducing a new IFS tier where they suck off the listeners. <laughs> Which, as usual, I'd totally forgotten us talking about. But when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's good, yeah. <laughs> I was I was talking to someone recently who said they they just started listening to the podcast and heard it and only heard a few episodes but they really enjoyed the pub candles episode and I just went what pub candles no idea sorry no recollection of that at all you remember candles. that at all no no no, no. Sounds people good, message us I think if you message us about any episode that is more than half a day old. There's no way we're going to fucking re- yeah. like uh, remember it. And that's not us being like, oh, who cares about our output? It's just we do a lot of fucking output. And on every show, all these shows are unscripted, we say like a lot of different weird, like sort of random things, don't we? So it's hard to sort of remember them all. Yeah, and some anecdotes will be repeated over the years, which someone pointed <laughs> out. Someone pointed out recently again. You know, we've done, have we done 10,000 episodes now? What, did someone say it in a sort of, haha, we've heard that before? They go, actually, you've told that before, so I want some money back. You're repeating old content. <laughs> you told that anecdote in January 2019. I mean, I've look, heard it the thing is, I, I'm fucking losing my mind here. I'm going to I'm gonna fucking, you know, not just because we do so much, but also I think I'm going a bit doolally. I'm going to fucking repeat oh, I myself. Mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a few years ahead of you, and I've done a, I'm, you know, I, I continue to drink. Let's just say that. Mm. So my mind's yeah. going to be fucking addled. Yeah, uh, I, don't know that, I mean, I, I just, I mean, the, my, I worry that too many people, you, you being one of them, indulge me too much because, like, they're not like, you know, people don't go, Sam, we fucking heard this, you cunt. Like my wife, I can always see her sort of smiling benignly and thinking, just, I'll just let him tell me this. Just eyes glazing over. Right, and I go halfway through, <laughs> and I told you this. And she goes, yeah. And then I get like, well, you should have fucking told me now. I look like a rat cunt. <laughs> oh, it's just all content though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where are we? Yeah, we're on this chart. Is there anything else on there that, that's... Uh, here's here's a... Um, talking about... 
here's a, a, a real old classic, Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. Yeah, we and talked about that last the, week, though. Oh, did we? All right, forget it then. <laughs> well, we did, but Take unless you've got something else to add. No, I, I was got- just going to say it's funny that there's a saxophone on the cover because all you think about when you think of yeah. that song is the sax break. And yeah. rather than usually you would have an artist go, people talk all the time about the sax solo, but I actually find that a bit annoying because there's more to that song. I mean, that yeah. that sax solo was just an afterthought that I'll, we added I'll, in production. But that's not the original cover, though. That's going to be no. a reissue. That's not the original cover. Yeah. All people fucking care about is the saxophone bit. Put the saxophone on the cover. In fact, change the title to the the saxophone song. Yeah, and we talked about last time, of course, my brother's uh, rewritten opening lyrics for it. Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm fucking going to Baker Street. Street. I'm fucking going to fuck the queen. Fuck the queen. Yeah. Um, That doesn't go any further than that. We've got... Follow you, follow talking me, Genesis. The, talking of the Queen, right, yeah. just briefly. My last when do we night, not me enjoy wife, talking about the Queen? Yeah. Me and my wife went out for the first time in a long time, like with friends, to have some dinner last right. night, right? Yeah. And so my mum came round to, to mind the kids, or mind them really, the other one can look after herself. And uh, I said, what, what did you do last night, mate? And he, I went, did you, what did you just watch? He went, no, we didn't do much telly. I said, what did you do? He goes, well, I went through your files and found my birth certificate, right? I thought, that's a fucking weird f- thing to do. I said, <laughs> you went through, through our files. <laughs> yeah, he found. Fights. It's not like easy. In the bedroom, there's a, you know, our box file thing. You know, I've talked about it a lot, <laughs> the old concertina box file. Yeah. My Car files. things, gas bills, <laughs> paperwork records. Yeah. <laughs> Bank statements, all oh. that shit, right? Um, and uh, he's fucking found this. He's got nothing to do. We're out. Mm. His grand's here and, he, and, and the osteopath, Rod McDonald. And he's gone, ah, oh, fucking might do a bit of rifling. Just <laughs> going upstairs, see if I can find any paperwork to rifle through. Did he do it himself right. or did he do it with your mum and Rod? Well, I don't, Rod wouldn't have done, but it's the sort of thing I can imagine my mum engaging with because she yeah. fucking knows it. Oh, yeah, good idea. Let's have a look through their papers. Any bank right. statements there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. oh, he's doing well. Their Sainsbury's shop is eating up a lot of their monthly income. <laughs> they should cut down on the taste the difference range items. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I said, mate, that's what are you fucking doing that for? And he went, oh, I just fancied seeing if you, what you had on me. And there was a thing labelled birth certificate, so I got my birth certificate out. <laughs> I thought I'd have a look to I see what you weird. had on me. Like a dossier. Yeah, exactly. So the, the <laughs> Queen came into it because I said, yeah, MI5. that birth certificate's fake. Fake anyway, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and for a moment I got him. He went, what? What do you mean it's fake? I said, yeah, because um, your, your real birth certificate says your real parent's on. And he went, who are my real parents? And I said, I didn't know what, I, I, you know, you you try to make up something amusing. So I said, you were the illegitimate offspring of Paul Pogba and the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got to say, he seemed delighted. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, I think you salvaged that because you were just about to go into an area which could have been psychologically damaging to him. Oh, no, 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 no. It was a, I, w- I was never going to do the whole nah, you're adopted nah, thing. Nah, it's all right. Nah, I tell I him he's adopted that. all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'll do it when he's been naughty. 
<laughs> I say we should have never adopted you off of Paul Pogba and the Queen. Fucking hell. Um, anything else in this chart? It's not as well. Let's uh, look. I mean, darts are in it with our old friend Den Hegarty. Yeah. Um, that's uh, interesting. That's one of their best ones. The say. boy from New York City. Where did that end up? Let's have a look. I got a number two eventually. Went from 30 mm. to 10 to 3. That ro- fucking rocketed up the charts. Um, I would say Everybody Dance by Sheik is one of their best tracks. Yeah. Um, sh- yeah I mean, we've Sheik. talked about Sheik a huge amount on this show in the past. For me, yeah. they're one of the all-time greats. I've seen them twice live. One time I saw them at the O2, whatever the sub... Um, venue at the O2 is I can't remember it's called O2 I don't know O2 Pepsi Max or something in Indigo or something isn't it yeah something like that and it was one of the best Pepsi fucking Max. shows I've ever seen it was absolutely fucking amazing yeah and everybody dances great and I'm sure I've talked about this a great deal but Nile Rogers book is one of my favourite pop music memoirs yeah um and at one point, he is his cocaine addiction is so bad that after humiliating himself and being thrown out on Madonna's birthday party, he goes back to his hotel room and locks himself in the wardrobe, clutching a samurai sword because he is convinced that the mafia are after him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's just a little taste of how superb that book is. It's a great book, yeah. But a couple of places above them are Sheila and B. Devotion with Singing in the Rain. Now, a, a year or so that. later, uh, Sheik collaborated with Sheila and B. Devotion and produced the mighty Spacer. You know that single? Oh, Spacer, yeah. Spacer. I didn't know that Sheik were involved in Spacer. Well, yeah, listen to it. It's, it's, it's peak Sheik. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Sheik did oh, what fucking... what a track. Heavily, one of the most heavily sampled tracks as well, yeah. that, isn't it? Sheik did Sister Sledge... Sheik's oh, fucking, yeah. uh, you know, geniuses, geniuses. Mm. What else have There's we got? There's a great YouTube clip of them both when Bernard was still alive, when they mm. first got big. I can't remember how you find it, but it's about them demonstrating the equipment that they had. Like, they, mm. um, they had, like, when they first had, like, some sort of innovative new synth and mixing desk and stuff. But it's a documentary. It's, like, documentary from, like, 1978 or something right. of uh, Nile Rogers and Bernard just hanging out and writing songs together. And I'll yeah. try and share it on Twitter because it, yeah. it's a great it's a great watch, mate. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that's about it from this chart. I can't see anything else I want to talk about there. Um, no. Well, you've learned awesome. a lot about Wogan. And yeah, that's the I main mean, thing. Like, like we said at the beginning of this this particular chart, there's all kinds of genres in there, just all mashed up together. You know, we've got like the 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 new wave stuff, Boomtown Rats, Squeeze, Stranglers, Patty Smiths in there. They've got the Disco, Donna Summer, Chic. Uh, obviously, the BGs at the top. Uh, you've got the kind of um, retro rock and roll thing that was going on with Shawaddy Waddy and Darts. Yeah. Uh, you got Wings Wings singing with a little look that's one of Wings' best songs for me uh, it's just all going on in that chart it was a very healthy time for pop music it um, was I think we did a 1978 chart before from a different month yeah. and they, we said the same thing we had to do a double episode because it was so packed full of so many great songs um, yeah. 
I mean, you know, I don't really remember them all from the first time round, but these are all songs that, if you have any interest in pop music, are sort of embedded into your mind anyway, whatever generation exactly. you were born in. Exactly. And I'll just end by mentioning Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams, which is at number four on this week's chart. Um, too Much, Too Little, Too Late, which was a song that I hated when I was six when this chart was out because I thought it was soppy. Oh, What's it's a soppy lovey, song? It's all lovey-dovey and it's slow. Uh, it's a kissing song and I hate kissing songs. What a song, though. What a song. Oh, too I don't know it. I'll listen to it. Too little, too late to like him with you. It's brilliant. It's Lovely. a classic. Great uh, kissing songs. We should release yeah. Top Flight Time Machine compilation CDs, <laughs> and that could be a great one. TFTM's all-time classic kissing <laughs> songs. We should uh, we should record our own album of cover versions of kissing songs. Duets. <laughs> Do you know on our live shows, can we have a slow bit in the middle of the show that's the kissing section we where we can. soften the lights? Of course we can. We'll do, we'll do Give some advice duets. on kissing it'll, and sing some mostly, of our kissing songs. It'll mostly be kissing songs, the live shows, yeah. Uh, all right, there we go. Thanks for listening to that. Don't know what that was, Bob. It was all right. We'll be back with yeah. more next time. Kisses, though, your life depends on it. Never use tongues. It's unhygienic. Oh.